Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Be You with Declan Edwards. Now, if you tuned into my amazing interview with the incredible Premise Smith last week on last week's episode of the podcast, A, you would have got some amazing knowledge and inspiration from that interview and that amazing man, but B, you would know that this is the last episode of the podcast for about a month because we are about to leave for an amazing trip in Africa. We are taking eight of our members to do a two-week safari and then to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. And I've saved one of my favorite topics for this episode. I've, I've put together an episode that I know is going to help you make fundamental positive changes in your life over the next month. So trust me, if there's an episode to listen to, it is this one. This is going to get you through the next month without us until we come back and kick the podcast off again uh, in around mid-October. So what we're going to be covering today is the key to happiness. And I know that's a big call to make, but this is the most scientifically proven, most evidence-based, most practical tool there is to living a life of happiness, thriving, and flourishing. So there are six key sections to this key. Think of it like the teeth on a key. You know, whilst the overall structure is the same, the teeth are different. I'm going to be running you through each of those teeth, each of those sections in this key to happiness, telling you what they mean, but then also prompting you to begin thinking about how you can tailor them to yourself in your life and apply them to massively increase your overall happiness and well-being. So without further ado, let's jump into the podcast and let's start talking about the key to happiness. Okay, so what is this mysterious key to happiness that I talked to you about in the episode opening this week? What is it that is so scientifically proven, so evidence-backed that I said that this would be the best episode of the podcast and if you're going to listen to anyone, it should be this one? Well, it's a thing called the PERMA Plus model. Now, the PERMA-PLUS model comes from an amazing field of research called positive psychology. Well, the psychology of what makes people happy, fulfilled, and live a life of thriving and flourishing. What is it that makes people successful and fulfilled in life? So rather than focusing on what's wrong with people and diagnosing them and putting them in a box and treating them to get them back to normal or whatever that is, positive psychology focuses on well, screw normal, how do we take people past that? How do we help people really live a life of thriving and fulfillment? And they began to study that. What was it that made people happy? And what they began to see over time and over a lot of research, so it's one of the most researched areas of of psychology. This model has been tested on millions of people, millions, and shown positive results. Now, this model has now been rolled out by the US military, by the city of Adelaide, and by the entire country of Bhutan. So it's got some damn good track record behind it. What they started to find was these six key areas that people who were happy and fulfilled in life were looking after. They were doing something for each of those areas. So what this podcast episode is going to be all about is I'm going to take you through each of those areas, explain what they mean, and you're going to begin thinking about how you're doing in that area in your life currently, 
and what you can do to look after them. By the end of the episode, you'll have very clearly seen, okay, I'm doing really well at looking after these three, but these three need a bit more love and a bit more attention. Now, it's one of the most fundamental shifts that you can make in your life to understand this model inside out and then to apply it. Because as always, talk is cheap, knowledge alone is worthless. You know, you're going to get a lot out of this podcast, make sure you do something with it. So, with all that said, let's start with the first step in the key to happiness. So what is the first step of this key to happiness? What does the P in PERMA plus stand for? Well, the P doesn't come as a surprise. It stands for positive emotions and positive affect. So obviously it makes sense that if we're looking at a key for how to live a happier life, the more often we experience uh, positive emotions like joy, love, happiness, excitement, fulfillment, gratitude, obviously the more often we're experiencing those throughout our day-to-day life, the happier we're going to rate our life overall. But that doesn't explain all of this first step to the key of happiness, to the PERMA plus model, because that only accounts for the positive emotions side of this. But it also takes into account positive affect. So what is positive affect? Why is that so important? Why is that this first fundamental step to this key of happiness? Well, positive affect relates to your ability psychologically to look at a difficult or challenging situation or maybe a time of emotional overwhelm or or hardship and view it as temporary, view it as specific to a circumstance and view it as something that's not entirely your fault. That's not to say you blame others, you take responsibility, but you don't shoulder it as fault. So I love the saying, you know, nothing is my fault in life, but everything is my responsibility. And it's a beautiful way to remember that fault only, like that overload of self-blame only hurts us more. But taking responsibility is healthy as well. It's finding the balance between them. So what's, why positive affect? So I'll say it again, positive affect, three things that we need to build the capability psychologically to do. View our hardships as temporary. View them as specific to a circumstance and view them as something that, yes, it's our responsibility, but it's not entirely our fault, right? So this is a beautiful thing because it means positive psychology doesn't just wish rainbows and sunshine on everyone for all their life because that's not possible. It's not realistic, right? They don't say you should be happy all the time because we know that that's not possible. There are going to be moments in your life and experiences where you experience difficulty and, and struggle and emotional pain. It's part of being human. It's part of living, And that's okay, but it's do you have the skills and strategies psychologically to view those with a positive affect, almost like finding the silver lining in the storm, right? Putting that little spin on it and building a greater perspective and awareness from there. Because the opposite of positive affect is a thing called learned helplessness, which is if you view your difficulties and problems and struggles and hardships as permanent, So believing that they're not going to change no matter what you do, they're always going to be there, as spread across your life, so not specific to a certain circumstance or situation or event, but it's... It's, uh, it's everywhere, so it's now not just my health is the problem, it's my relationship, my finances, my career, my self-esteem, everything's going wrong and we begin to catastrophize. And then we shoulder all the blame and pain and take 
full fault and we self-blame and just get in this cycle of self-hurt. Now, if we look at those three things as learned helplessness, A, it really demotivates us from making change and trying to change our lives in a positive way. But B, it's actually very, very, very indicative and positive psychology would suggest that this is actually the cause of most depression. So positive affect, having the ability to not fall into those psychological traps, to be able to get ourselves out of them despite hardship and look at it with that silver lining, that's going to massively reduce our risk of chronic uh, mental illnesses and struggles like depression over our life, which obviously then boosts and helps us build a higher level of overall, overall happiness and well-being. So I'll ask you now, take a little moment to begin thinking, how often in your day-to-day life do you experience positive emotions? And how able do you feel you are to take on difficulties and struggles and challenges in your life from a place of positive affect, to view them as something that's temporary, specific to the situation, and not entirely your fault, but definitely your responsibility. How able are you to find the silver lining in the cloud? Because if you're struggling to feel positive emotions on a day-to-day basis, and you're struggling to uh, view challenges and difficulties from a place of positive affect, that's going to be detrimental to your overall happiness and well-being and you know as I said it's not your fault if you can't do this but it is your responsibility to learn the skills tools and techniques to be able to increase the amount of positive emotions you experience on a day-to-day basis and to be able to develop the skill of viewing your challenges with positive affect so now that we've covered the first step in the perma plus model key of happiness we're going to look at number two So step two is, is probably one of my favorites in the PERMA Plus model. I'm a big fan of it. Step two, the E stands for engagement and flow. Now, what we mean when we say engagement and flow is how often in your life do you completely lose sense of time and lose sense of yourself? Like you're so present in what you're doing, you're so lost in it and immersed in it that time flies by. It feels like it's been 20 minutes, it's actually been two hours. Now, it doesn't matter how you experience this. Some people experience it while on a long road trip. Some people experience it whilst painting. Some people experience it uh, while playing sport. It doesn't matter. But what we do know is the more often you experience full engagement and presence and flow in your life, the happier you rate yourself as being overall, the better you rate your life as. Now, there's a catch to this because we can all jump on social media and lose a couple of hours there without realizing it. And that doesn't actually count as engagement or flow. So engagement or flow is when we're losing sense of ourself and sense of time, but in a way that we feel uplifts us and fulfills us and contributes something meaningful to our life. So it's not about just being mindless or or brain dead and just doing things to pass time. So engagement and flow is about pushing yourself, but in a way that that is fulfilling and beneficial to you. So they've studied how to get into flow, which is really cool because you can begin practicing this as a skill. So they've noticed that flow occurs most and for this full engagement occurs most. A, when you practice a bit of mindfulness and presencing, but B, when the challenge at hand is roughly equal to your skill level. 
Now, what do I mean by that? What is the challenge at hand being roughly equal to your skill level? So the example, let's say you and I are playing tennis. Now, uh, for those listening to this, I don't know if you're good at tennis or not, but let's say that you're a, a pretty decent tennis player. And let's say you and I are playing tennis, and I'm terrible at tennis, and you're all right. You've played for a few years. You know, you play on the weekend at your social club. You're not likely to go into flow or engagement in that game because the challenge at hand, which is me, is not roughly equal to your skill level. Your skill level in this case surpasses the challenge, in which case you're probably going to feel bored, a bit apathetic. Um, you know, you're not going to tap into that engagement and flow that's so beneficial to your overall happiness and well-being. But on the other hand, if we drastically increase the challenge and it far outweighs your skill level, let's say you're now playing tennis against Serena Williams. Well, now you're likely to get stressed, frustrated, annoyed. You know, again, you're not going to drop into that flow uh, and engagement that's, that's so beneficial to us. So engagement flow really does occur when we're equally matching the challenge at hand with our skill levels. Now, with something like sport, it's obvious. The skill level is obviously, um, you know, it's obviously the skill of playing that sport. But, but it's not just about external skills. You can jump into flow using internal skills too. So things like your character strengths and your values and what you really, what, what means a lot to you in life. So something for me is a, is a love of learning. I, I love learning. It's a high character strength for me and a high value. When I am learning something new, not something that's dramatically difficult for me to wrap my head around like astrophysics or something that I've never been exposed to before where I just get frustrated and stressed because the challenge outweighed my skill level, but not something that I'm really super familiar with because I just get bored, but something that's right at that borderline, well, I notice that I drop into flow when I'm studying something there. Now, another way I notice in my life I experience flow and engagement is when I'm playing guitar, when I'm playing music. But again, only if the song that I'm learning or the way I'm playing is pushing my skill level. So again, let me ask you, how often in your life do you drop into engagement and flow? How often do you lose sense of yourself and sense of time? How often are you fully immersed and present in what you're doing? And if you find that this is the low one for you, begin thinking, well, what skills can I be challenging myself in? What, what skills can I be using to help me drop into flow and engagement? Because the more often you do that, the happier you'll be. So step three in the PERMA Plus model. Step three is a really important one because I've actually found that this is the number one predictor of your life expectancy. So this outpredicts how long you'll live. Sorry, in terms of predicting how long you'll live, it outpredicts your nutrition, your exercise, whether you smoke, whether you drink, where you live, your ethnicity. It outpredicts all of that. And it's relationships. You know, it's been said so many times that we're the average of the five people we spend the most of our time with, and we're starting to find that's true. Human beings, we are pack animals, we are mammals. We learn subconsciously and consciously from those around us. So it makes sense that if we're surrounded by healthy, happy people, we're going to do things that increase our health and happiness as well. So it's such a beneficial thing to be aware of who we're spending our time with. You know, if you look at the five people you spend the most of your time with, co-workers, family, friends, whoever it may be, mentors, coaches, would you be happy being the average of those five people? Are they people that you want to learn from and be more like? You know, there's a, 
especially when it comes to online relationships these days. You know, we're supposedly all more social than ever, but a lot of the people in the world are more lonely than ever. So this isn't about quantity. It's not having so many friends that you don't know what to do with them. It's about quality. But it's also about seeking out ways to interact with others. You know, using the checkout and talking to the person at the grocery store rather than using the self-serve checkout lane. It's about smiling at a stranger in the morning rather than keeping your head buried in your phone. What they've proven now, scientifically proven, is that the more often you're interacting with people, especially if they're people who are good influences on you, you and your well-being, the happier you're going to be overall. So this was one that I actually neglected for quite a while. I was, when I reflected on this as I learned it myself, as I'd looked after so many areas in this permaplus world but hadn't been prioritizing and valuing my relationships. And let me promise you that when I began to change that, I felt so much happier. It was like a missing step in the key to happiness had been um, f- fulfilled now and looked after and grown and I felt great. So it was a great learning point for me to go, wow, this matters. So again, I'll ask you to consider your own life. If you look at the people you spend the most of your time with, are they people that you want to learn from and be more like? If you... You know, look at your day. How often do you interact with people and with the world in a way that's meaningful and genuine and authentic? Or do you isolate yourself? Because if you want to really step into a life of happiness and fulfillment and thriving, learning how to be close with other people, to be vulnerable, to be real, to be authentic, to connect in a deep and genuine way, that is an essential component of a happy and fulfilled life. So take that into consideration, and whilst you think about that, let's move forward into the next step in this amazing model of happiness. Step four is, I would say, Jordan, uh, the the co-founder here at BU Coaching, I'd say it's Jordan's favorite one, and if Jordan listens to this podcast, he can correct me if I'm wrong, but step four in the PermaPlus model is meaning and purpose. You know, it's, it's about getting in touch with and clearly recognizing what matters to you in life. Like, what do you feel your purpose is? And these are big questions to be asking, but they've proven time and time again that if you have a sense of meaning and a sense of purpose, you feel better, you're happier, even in dire circumstances. If you've never heard of the book, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, I highly encourage everyone listening to this podcast to, listen, uh, to read it. It's an incredible book. Uh, about a, a psychotherapist called Viktor Frankl who was taken as a prisoner of war at Auschwitz. And what he found in his time there was that people who developed a sense of meaning in that experience and a sense of hope moving forward and felt a sense of purpose to their life were more likely to, to stay emotionally resilient and emotionally strong in the face of that hardship. And again, this is circling back to that uh, honest truth that There will be hardships and difficulties in life. Life is not an easy ride. So it's about how do we enjoy the great moments of life, but also how do we come through the difficulties of life uh, in a way where we're emotionally strong and resilient. And a big part of that is tapping into a sense of meaning and purpose. And we can start doing that by asking big questions. Do I feel like I know what my purpose is in life? Do I feel like I know why I'm here? Why I was born? What impact I want to leave before I go? 
And then we can take it all the way down to micro things, like everything we do on a day-to-day basis should be done with meaning. We have a saying at BU, don't do things just for the sake of doing things. If you're going to do something, do it with meaning. I know I was coaching one of our members recently and he said, waking up in the morning and making his bed has so much meaning to him because it means no matter how wild and messy his day gets or how out of plan and out of structure or how chaotic and hectic his day goes, he comes home to a room that's organized and in order and that means a lot to him. Right, for me, washing the dishes now has meaning. I used to hate washing the dishes. I now love it. Washing the dishes has meaning to me because it's my time to stop and relax and be present. And it was funny mentioning before going into engagement and flow. I go into engagement and flow now doing the dishes. Right, meaning and purpose cannot be understated. So if you feel like you're sort of coasting in life, if you're a bit lost and you don't really know what your sense of meaning or purpose is in life and Maybe you're just stuck in a rut. Or maybe you do have a sense of what your meaning and purpose is, but you don't have the self-confidence to pursue it. Make sure you flick us a message. Flick me an email at grow at bucoaching.org because that's what we specialize in doing. We help people get absolute clarity and certainty in their purpose in life, but then also develop the emotional intelligence and self-confidence to pursue it and to achieve it. So bringing confidence and purpose together, we feel, is such a a fundamental and foundational approach to helping people satisfy not just this step in the PEMA model, but all of the steps, as you'll see moving forward. So again, take a moment to think about your life. Do you have a sense of meaning and purpose in what you do on a day-to-day basis? Do you know why you're here? And if not, maybe it's time you started asking those bigger questions. Let's move on to the next stop. We've got two more steps to go in this amazing model. So in the original PERMA model, there was only five steps. This was the last one. Uh, However, when I do tell you the sixth step, you'll go, okay, it makes sense that that's now been added. So originally they stopped here with the A in the PERMA model, step five, which A stands for achievement and accomplishment. To put it simply, we like feeling like we're growing. We like feeling like we're developing. We like feeling like we're achieving something as individuals. And this is a lot to do with goal setting. You know, it's been shown so many times that people with goals are happier and more successful in life than people without goals, especially if your goals are clear and refined. I think the most recent research says that only 3% of people um, have goals for themselves. And of that 3%, only another 3%, so a micro fraction of the population, has those goals clear and refined and written down somewhere. But how are we meant to feel accomplished and and achieved if we're not setting goals for ourselves, if we're not setting things where we can go, wow, it's amazing that I achieved that and I I set that as a goal and I did it. And you get a chance to pat yourself on the back. I know one of our coaches said to us recently, people play harder but also have more fun when there's a scoreboard. And it's true. People enjoy sports more when there is a scoreboard and an aim and a goal. And imagine soccer with no goals. Imagine soccer with no scoreboard. People would get bored of it and they'd just end up lazily kicking the ball around the field with no real direction or purpose. And that's the same thing that happens to people without goals in their life. Now, if we don't have a scoreboard for ourselves or a sense of direction and goals, then we're just lazily kicking the ball around. We're just stuck in this rut. We're just doing things for the sake of doing. But we're not doing it A, with meaning or purpose, which is the last step that we spoke about, or B, doing it in a way where we can track progress and give ourselves a pat on the back when we've achieved and accomplished something. 
So achievement accomplishment does come from getting outside of your comfort zone. It comes from pushing your boundaries. But it also comes from getting clear on what you want and then setting uh, action plans to do it. Now, I've told you nearly every episode of this podcast that talk is cheap and knowledge is worthless. It takes action to make change and actions where we get that sense of achievement and accomplishment. And no one gets a sense of achievement and accomplishment from thinking about a great idea. You get achievement and accomplishment from doing the great idea. So again, I'll ask you, how often do you feel a sense of achievement and accomplishment in your life? And if you're not feeling that frequently, what can you do to begin to change that? What goals can you actually write down that have been on your mind for ages that you haven't committed to? What actions can you take to help you get out of overthinking and actually commit to making change? If you can start with that, let me promise you, achievement and accomplishment gets addictive and you get quite good at pursuing it. It's just taking the first few steps. A change begets change. Once you've made a few positive changes and you're feeling accomplished and achieved, that's going to make you feel better. And when you feel good, you take great action. I say people think they need to take great action to feel great. I say you need to feel great to take great action. It goes the other way. So let's move on to the final step of the perm model, the one that's only been added recently, but that is so valuable. So the last step in the PERMA model, the one that's been added more recently, which is why it's the plus, right? It, it used to be just PERMA and ended on the A, the last step we just spoke about. But the last one that they added makes a lot of sense. So they added health. And the reason health was added was because we know from the science and from the research that we can't separate our mind and our body. We know that exercise is one of the most effective antidepressants there are. We know that nutrition is great for helping us feel good. So what we started to realize was if positive psychology is putting together this recipe for happiness, it would be crazy to not have a step in there on health. And it's great to see more and more people taking care of their health and looking after their physical well-being. And in fact, when I teach this model to people, health is actually one of the most looked after ones these days. More people are exercising, more people are making a conscious choice on how to eat better. Um, And that's beautiful to see. So... Again, I'll invite you to consider, have you been looking after this step? Have you been looking after your physical well-being? And if you have been, I just want to point something out that I point out every time I teach this model. Because we speak a lot in the fitness industry. We speak for gyms and PTs. We work with a lot of amazing people who have been doing incredible things for their physical well-being, which is great. But they come to us going, why am I still not happy? Why am I still emotionally struggling? Why do I still struggle with self-doubt, stress, and anxiety if I'm looking after my physical well-being? And the answer is because when you look at this proven key to happiness, this PERMA plus model, physical well-being and health is one out of six of the steps. We're not going to live a happy and fulfilled life if we're only looking after one out of six areas. It's that simple. So I know one of the best things we do with people is get them to look after their emotional well-being and mindset so it can match up and align with how great they feel in their physical well-being. Don't get me wrong, looking after your physical well-being is necessary, it's important, it's very, very valuable to your overall well-being. But if you're not looking after, I saw a thing the other day, it said you can exercise as much as you want and eat as good as you want, but if you don't look after what's going on in your head and your heart, you're still going to feel unhealthy. And that is so true. And we need to be talking about looking after our emotional well-being as much as, if not more than, our physical well-being in a way that is strengths-based, proactive, and fun above all else. Like, let's that's, that's dispel the myths and the rumors and the, the stigma that you only 
get coached and look after your emotional well-being if you're really, really, really emotionally suffering. Well, no, let's be smart about this. Let's use positive psychology as well as all these other amazing tools and areas to build our overall well-being by building our emotional well-being alongside our physical well-being. So my challenge to you, and as I said, this is the last episode for a month. I'm about to leave you guys for a month whilst I go to Africa, and I don't normally set homework from these, but I'm going to. You have homework from this episode of the podcast. In the next month, really dive deep into the PERMA Plus model because it is the most proven recipe for happiness there is. If you want the key to happiness, here it is. I've laid it all out. And highlight where you're doing well and why you're doing well. So you might go, wow, I'm really great with relationships. Awesome. What is it about that you're, that you're doing so well at? Because keep practicing that and keep building it. You know, we say keep watering the, the flowers in the garden because if we ignore them, they die. So let's, let's keep watering and nurturing what you're doing well. But let's also go, well, hang on. What have I not been looking after? Which areas am I struggling with? And what can you begin doing to improve them? Now, if you get stuck at any point, say you look at positive emotions and you go, God, I have no idea how to do that because I don't know how to control my emotions. I'm just overwhelmed by them. Like, I feel like they hit me at random and I'm at their mercy. There's no way I, I don't even understand why I feel how I feel, let alone how to change it to be more positive. You know, if that's something you struggle with, message our team. If you look at engagement and flow and you're like, geez, I don't know my character strengths or my values. How am I meant to get into engagement and flow and get my challenge to match my values and character strengths if I have no idea what they are? Message our team. It's something we can help you with. If you struggle with relationships because you're afraid to be vulnerable because you've been hurt before, if you're struggling to put down the walls and be real with people, message our team. It's something we can help with. If you struggle with meaning and purpose because you haven't asked those big questions and they're so overwhelming, message our team. If you struggle with achievement and accomplishment because you don't know how to set clear and refined goals for yourself or you overthink but don't commit, you don't step into action because you're afraid or anxiety or self-doubt holds you back, you don't have the self-esteem and confidence to step into action and pursue them to get that achievement and accomplishment, message our team. There is a moral here. right? People think asking for help is weak. It is not. It is smart. Asking for help is efficient. So if you look through any of these over the next 30 days, over the next month, and you go, I have no idea how to improve that, email grow at bucoaching.org and one of our confidence and purpose coaches who are highly trained and incredible people will be able to help you out with building that area because this is it. This is the secret. The secret to living a happy, successful, flourishing life is, is this model at large. I mean, there's a lot that goes into looking after each area. You know, we say under each bracket and each step of the permanent model, there's hundreds of different strategies and techniques that we can use to build it. It's about finding the right strategy and technique for the right person. It's tailoring this process, this model to you rather than forcing you to fit the process. So please don't be afraid to reach out. We are here to help. But over the next 30 days, I expect you to put some effort into this. Step up to the plate. You've got the vision. You've got the knowledge. It's action time. Let's do something with it. So I'll be touching base with you again in 30 days when I'm back from Africa. We'll be relaunching this podcast and bringing some more life-changing value and some amazing guest speakers back on. But for the next 30 days, you've got your challenge. You've got your actions and you've got a proven model that increases happiness and well-being and thriving in life provided you take action on it and you know how to implement it. 
So until I talk to you again in 30 days time, as always, from the bottom of my heart to yours, be empowered, be exceptional and be you. I'll see you in a month.